We are starting a new sermon series this week called A Story to Tell. Uh, Jesus told stories all the time. Just how, how did, people would come up to him and say, say hey, uh, what, what do you think about, um, how, how many times should I forgive my brother or forgive my neighbor? And Jesus would say, he wouldn't say, well, 12. He would say, well, there once was a man. Or one day on the way to Jerusalem, a young man went, he would tell a story. And he would try to get people to hear what he was trying to say through the telling of the story. One of the first parables he tells is in Matthew, uh, not Matthew, he's in Luke chapter 8. And we'll get there in a second, but it's this really weird story about stories. About the way he teaches. Jesus, sometimes through story, explains forgiveness. Sometimes through story, explains love. Sometimes through story, explains how to take care of the poor. How to handle money. He explains all sorts of things, but in this particular story, he explains his stories. And he tells it like this. When a great crowd gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable or a story, a sower went out to sow his seed and he sowed. uh, As he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock and it grew up. It withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into the good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, let anyone with ears to hear listen. Now there's a good chance you've heard this story, and you've heard the explanation that's going to come next, and we're going to talk about that. But let's just for a second imagine that you're in the wilderness, and you're walking around chasing after this guy that you think might be the Messiah, and he turns and he says, hey, there was a... uh, uh, a, a guy sowing seed, and he threw some on the path, and he threw some in the thorns, he threw some on the rocks, and he threw some on the good soil. Listen. Do you realize how confusing that can be? Like, we had the advantage of having all of our lives heard the explanation to this story. But if you can just picture him telling this story and not giving the explanation, it's confusing. So much so that the disciples were obviously confused. Then the disciples asked him, hey, what does this parable mean? Now, it seems like they ask him in private. It seems like there's a shift from a public conversation to a private conversation. You know the disciples, whenever he was telling this story, were standing next to him going, giving the head nod of, yeah, oh yes. Sower in the seed. Y'all listen. And they got back and they were walking. Hey, Jesus, what in the world were you talking about? Right? So he says, the disciples ask him, what is this, what this parable meant? He said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But to others, I speak in parables so that looking, they may not perceive. And listening, they may not understand. Wait, that doesn't clear anything up, Jesus. 
there are a certain type of people Jesus wants to follow him. Now, he wants everyone to follow him, but to, to actually follow him, you have, as Brad's not here this morning, you have to get your mind right. To actually follow Jesus, you can't just sort of hear what he says. We can't merely just perceive. We can't, as James talks about, we can't just be hearers. We must be doers of the word. You can't just take it in. And Jesus says, I speak in parables because I want there to be a group of people who don't get it. Well, why? I think we found out why over the last several years, or several centuries, is that the, the good news of the message of Jesus is so good that all might come to receive it, to receive Jesus as Savior, but not receive Him as King. The good news of Jesus is not, is not that your sins can be forgiven. It's not that you get to live forever. It's that Jesus is King and He rules. And with that comes some wonderful rewards. But Jesus' kingship brings me salvation. Jesus' kingship brings me redemption. It brings me eternal life. It brings me resurrection. From the kingship of Jesus, I find all of these blessings. But I think there's times we want to parse the blessings with the kingship. And can I just believe a thing? Can I just say a thing? Can I just come to church and hear and not do, because hearing makes me feel good. Hearing is safe. Being a hearer, you, you don't ever mess up hearing. Now, some of you wives would say, well, some of your husband, that, yes. But, like, when you hear, you just get to, you get to have it washed over you, and you feel good about, yeah, the intentions. Then all of a sudden, you have intentions. And intentions aren't Actions. And your intentions make you feel pretty good. They say that the um, number one thing you shouldn't do when you start exercising or dieting, right? two of these things, or any other thing, but mainly those two things, if you start exercising or dieting, um, here's what you don't do. Don't tell people you're exercising or dieting. Because as soon as you tell them, well, yeah, I've, you know, I've started a um, new exercise program with Jesse. He's going to murder me on Monday. You start a new exercise program. What? Uh, and people, oh, that's great. All of a sudden, you've gotten all of the rewards for having exercise, and you, ha and you didn't even have to exercise. We aren't people who like to exercise, we are people who like to have had exercise. Right? And so if you can get the rewards for it before doing it, then there you go, you're fine, you're happy. Hearing a sermon, hearing scripture, hearing prayer allows us to feel sort of like following Jesus around, listening to Jesus say things. 
We're just air guitar Christians. No one ever misses a note when they're playing air guitar. You just rock out with whatever's on the radio. But to actually sit down and learn guitar. I'm sorry, this is Church of Christ. A guitar's a a thing, like a wooden thing with strings, makes noises. Some people call it music. It's a, you pluck it and make sin, right? Okay. That's a joke. We're just joking. So there, but so like you sit down and learn guitar, you're going to buzz. You're going to, it's, you're going to hit notes. People will put their fingers on the guitar and then they will like, they'll, it won't, they'll push the right places and it'll go Fruk. like it won't say any, like it won't make music at first. And kids get frustrated. They would much rather play guitar hero than learn the guitar. Because it takes work to do that thing. We, we, not just kids, listen, don't pick on the kids. You're raising the kids. Every time we're like, you know, the kids, uh, they have a problem here. And whose fault is that? I think this, I thought I heard someone say that, um, you know, uh, whenever, when you were born, that was the greatest day of my life. Don't ever tell your kids that. That's crazy. They've had a lot of days since then. You're essentially saying, it's all been downhill since you were born. <laughs> it's only gotten worse. But the, kid, the kids aren't the problem. We're the problem. Because we are constantly wanting to do things, announcing that we're going to do them, getting credit for just the announcement, and then not doing them. That's our pattern. And Jesus speaks in parables. Jesus tells stories because it's through a story that people, only the people who have their ears ready to run with it. Notice all of these people have have received the word. Look at Jesus' explanation of the parable. In verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Seed is the word of God. I'm throwing out the message of God. The ones on the path are those who have heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. I have a little, it's not a joke because it makes me sad, but I've always thought people would come up to me after church sometimes and they'll say, um, not here, you people are perfect, but they'll come up and they'll say, you know, I've never thought about it like that. And for most people, their next sentence should be, and I never will again. Because you're just going to have to re-say it over and over and over again. He said that there are people who hear it and Satan comes and steals the message from their heart. The ones on the rocks are those when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe only for a while and in a time of testing, fall away. Notice these are people who decided, like, I'm going to accept the word too. Verse 14, as For what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Notice he says that they refuse to get maturity because of problems, cares, riches, and pleasures. They lack maturity because of their riches and their pleasures. All of these people are people who sat 
in the pews of Jesus. Jesus didn't have pews, but he, he, they sat in the wilderness, right? And they listened to Jesus, and he's saying, there are people, most people are going to hear this, hear the message, and it's only going to be important for just a bit. And then it sort of goes away. There are times, there are times that you are going to be on fire for God. That you're going to think, today's the day we're back on track. Me and God, we're together, right? And then there are days that are going to be hard. What's even worse are days that aren't anything. How's your day today? It's a Tuesday. And that's it. Not bad, not good, just blah. It's on those days that you're not being lifted up by worship or you're not being oppressed by pains. And sometimes in those times you reach out to God. But it's in those days that you have to say, I made a commitment to the king. So I will no longer just be a hearer. Today I'm going to be active. Today I am going to make other people's days good days. Today, I'm going to make the world around me feel loved. I, I had this moment in high school that was really hard. It was, like a, it was like a relationship thing. And in high school, those are always awful. Just stay away from them. It's always awful. Unless you have a great one, then that's fine. I'm sure it'll last forever. The, <laughs> but th- those can be tough. And I remember sitting with my mom and just sulking, right? Because I just was like, I can't believe someone did this to me. And mom said, well, the only thing you can do is do good things for other people. That's all you can do right now. You can either, what? She knew one of the options was sulk. That's not a good option. To like wallow in your cares, even wallow in your comforts. The problem with most Christians is we're too comfortable in our own little seats. Too comfortable with our in our own little paths. We don't want to get outside of that story and be effective. In other people's stories. Being a Christian doesn't mean just not doing the things you're not supposed to do. It means living out the way of Jesus and interacting in the ways of other people's lives. And when you hear the story of Jesus, when you hear what David talked about last week, the crucifixion of Jesus and how on the cross it was so hard, and then you hear the resurrection and you hear that He's King and you hear that there's redemption, you hear, there's res- you hear that there's a resurrection for you. And you're more concerned about lunch. Jesus is dispersing the seed. It's up to you to decide what kind of soil you're going to be, how you're going to listen. Went to the Razorback game yesterday. Um, they played a bunch of, uh, like a can of tomatoes. 
It was an easy game. But it was closer than most scrapper games, so that was helpful. Like we were, good. We were like, oh, we're only up by 40. What's happening? We, uh, sorry. But Mandy told me. She said, it's going to be 11 o'clock. You're sitting right in the 11 o'clock sun. You need to take sunglasses. I said, got it, sunglasses. And she said, and a hat. I said, got it, sunglasses. And she said, and sunscreen. I was like, perfect, sunglasses. (laughs) Nailed it. I'm glowing right now. Three wise men showed up at my house this morning looking for a promised child. Like, I am so, like, I had a headache yesterday for being in the sun. It was, and it was, it was fun, and I didn't really notice it until later, but someone told me what to do. I don't, and I'm such a man, right? That is such a man thing to do. To be like, someone's like, you're going to need sunscreen. I'm like, I've got this man skin here. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm going to need this. I can handle it. Why would I want to handle it? It's so stupid. Like, we would just rather go about the things we normally do than, like, do what's good for us. We're, we are much, we would much rather be comfortable than happy. We'd much rather be comfortable than be happy. So we'll be miserable in our own comforts. Among the thorns, weak roots. He said, but as for the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. These are the ones who hold fast with an honest and good heart. And bear fruit with patient endurance. Hearing something and putting it into action takes a filter of an honest heart and a good heart. You have to know yourself, know what you're capable of, know what you're incapable of. Know that you're broken, that you could be a sinner. And you have to, you have to take that in and say, I, I need this story. I need the story of Jesus. And I am, I'm going to have to start living it differently. It's going to have to affect my life. It's going to take a level of honesty for you to say, I'm wrong about things. I don't have it all together. And I need some change. I can't produce my own fruit. That level of honesty is of the utmost importance to you hearing the word of God and then putting it into action. The 
There's kids that uh, they say are uncoachable. There's adults who are uncoachable too. You tell them something, you say, hey, you don't, you don't need to, like John and, John and I have talked about this, John probably feels this way about me, he's seen me shoot, but there are kids that say, you say, you need to shoot the basketball, like, you need to shoot like this, you show them, shoot like this, they'll say, well, I can't shoot like that, and you want to tell them, well, you can't shoot the way you're shooting either, you're not doing well that way either. A lot of us are so used to our life that we don't know we're not being successful in over half our attempts. We're, we're, we're not succeeding. We're just doing it and failing and calling it just normal. There's a lot of reasons that can happen, but the first reason is that you aren't receiving things with honesty. You're not saying, I'm, yeah, I, I need that. Marriage seminars can be the worst. Have you ever been to a marriage seminar? No, they're good. Marriage seminars are good. But what's the worst about them is that, like, the, what happened, you know how they say the internet's making the dumb dumber and the smart smarter? Have you ever heard that? Well, that's true. Uh, Marriage seminars often can make good marriages better and bad marriages worse. Because good marriages go to marriage seminars and do the sorts of things that a marriage seminar would have you do. So like you go in and you say, the man, here's some things that the man could improve upon. And then the man in a good marriage looks at that and says, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I really do wrestle with that. And him and his wife kind of laugh about it and they, they, he, that's his. Wife in a good marriage, then here's a, a marriage, someone in a marriage seminar say, well, here's what you should be doing. Uh, this, this would be helpful and beneficial. And the wife says, you know what? I do good kind of wrestle with that. And so they go away better than they came. Realizing their brokenness, they go away better than they came. Bad marriages come and experience marriage seminars completely differently. Uh, they come in and the, the husband, the teacher will say, well, here's what... Uh, Here's what you husbands need to be doing. And the wife says, yeah. And then the wife, uh, the, the teacher says, and here's wives, here's what you need to be doing. And the husband says, ain't that right? Yeah. Notice how we've walled off ourselves to listening, to having ears to hear, and to be honest with what we hear. We've walled that off and we're just reflecting onto other people what they need to hear. What they need to hear. And this all circles around, this big circle back to the idea of story and teaching in the form of story. That Jesus had the answers. But some people aren't ready to hear your answers. Some people aren't ready. And Jesus had more answers than you, I'm pretty sure. Some people aren't ready to hear your answers. They're just ready to hear your story. And, w- and when they're ready to hear the truth in your story, they will hear it. But when you share your story with them, you're vulnerable, you're 
opening up to somebody and saying, I know you, I know, I'm giving you this information and you can wound me with it, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Here's a weapon. That's what we say when we love each other. Here's, a, here's the weapon of truth you can use on me. I trust you not to do so. That's love. So when we receive the word, when the seed hits us, when the word hits us, and it hits us, not the people around us, it hits us. We don't take it and then say, you know what, this was, I, you know who needs that. we receive that with honesty, it will produce fruit in us. And the fruit comes from enduring patiently the things that attack us. That honesty and that patient endurance is above all what we need to have as a good foundation for the rest of the stories that we're going to hear throughout the sermon series. But if you hear a teaching or a story that is convicting to the people around you, guess what kind of soil you are? It's not a good. But it's an honesty and a self-evaluation that allows us to take the Word of God into our heart and let it do its work, its renovating in there. We won't be able to grow without that. We won't be able to overcome. We won't be able to endure without that. We have a message from Jesus that needs to be heard. That's so important. We are really bad listeners. Right? Right? Half of you are like, what did he say something? <laughs> well, we're, we are. We're not great listeners. I, I'm not that good at it. And typically when we're listening to people's stories, we're just sort of like mentally checking them to see if we agree with them. Instead of just listening, experiencing them, being present with them hearing what they have to say. Jesus will time and again throughout these parables convict you if you're ready to be convicted. But first you've got to work on opening yourself up and being honest with yourself and making, preparing the soil for the seed. So it is my prayer this week that you prepare your soil for the word of God, the conviction, the teachings of Jesus to be put into your heart, into your mind, into your life so that they can actually bear fruit when that season comes. It's going to take you being honest and patient. And that's good soil. Let, it, let the words of Jesus affect you.
this week, pay attention to the ways you're hoping to change. How many times you think that about yourself? And then pay attention to the ways you hope other people change. And see how improportionate those are. How much fairer you are on you than you are on others. And don't, listen, that's going to happen. You're going to look at that and go, oh my goodness, I'm a horrible person. That's right. That's true. But God's grace allows us to grow and mature that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So if you have heard the word this morning, heard that Jesus is king this morning, and you think, I need, I need, God, to, I need God to prepare me for this. If you need prayers, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to be united with him in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, Ever you need this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.